Welcome to Karma is Supreme, the podcast that takes you on a soulful journey through the spiritual realms, blending ancient wisdom with modern insights. I'm your host, Kashish Kambhir, and together we'll embark on a transformative odyssey through the realms of consciousness, aliens, ghosts, psychics, religion, and the profound philosophy that binds us all. In the heart of our discussions, we'll draw inspiration from the rich tapestry of Indian spirituality, weaving together the timeless teachings of the Vedas, Upanishads, and more. Don't forget to join our community by subscribing, liking, and sharing your celestial energy with your fellow seekers. For exclusive links to spiritual freebies, courses, events, movies, and more, visit my website kashashkambhir.com. Your spiritual journey just got even more exciting. And today we are going to talk about manifesting love with two lovebirds, Vivian and Kevin, who indeed have manifested their love and life together. So let's learn from the lives of those who have manifested love in reality. Vivian and Kevin, welcome to the show, Karma is Supreme. Thank you. Hi. Happy to be here. So first, I would love if you could share with our listeners a very short synopsis of your love journey, how you two met and how it all went. Okay. I mean, do you want to start with that one? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I got invited to a Cinco de Mayo party in 2018 by my friend Kayla. Um, Kayla and I went to nursing school together um, and didn't think much about it. Just showed up at the party. And then like an hour after being there, Kevin walks in. <laughs> and uh, Kevin was Kayla's friend. Kayla, uh, Kevin was friends with Leonard, who's Kayla's boyfriend. Now husband. Yeah. Because <laughs> they got married too. So they also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So Kevin and Leonard went to school together um, in New York. And then Kayla and I went to nursing school together here in Colorado. So I don't know, very small world the way we met. It seems just kind of a chance encounter by two people who knew each other before. Right. Um, but yeah, that night... I think you said hi to me. And then like one of the first things you asked me, you're like, do you love what you do? And like, you were going down the line of like saying, like asking people for their name and if they love doing what they do. And everyone was like, oh yeah, whatever. And then I was like, oh yes, I love my job. Like I love what I do. And I feel like that was kind of like the first, I don't even know. Yeah. Just like small, like, oh, she's kind of cool. Like (laughs) she's different. So The rest of the night, like we would, I think, just kind of steal glances and look at each other. And then finally, Kayla was like, oh, Kevin's single. Like, you should you should get to know him better. And I was like, ah, no, I'm good. Like, I'm just here to have fun tonight. Like, I definitely was not planning or thinking about it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And then later that night, I was like, you know what? Whatever. Well, I'm just going to have fun and see what happens. Just kind of kept an open mind. And uh, we went to a bar after that party ended and. We uh, took a shot together. <laughs> I think he just kept asking me more about myself. And he, I think, was just like, oh, this girl, you know, like learning more about me. And uh, I feel like we clicked at that bar and then we were kind of inseparable the rest of the night after that. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so Kevin, before you share your perspective, okay, you need to add on and tell our listeners what do you think a man should do to you know start taking the first steps towards a woman that he likes a lot so that you know i mean what was going on in your mind at that time when you saw her so what were the first steps that you took towards her 
For me. Ah, uh, well, I mean, Vivian highlighted it or said it, but this this to me, like after we started dating, Vivian reflected on that first night when I asked her, like, well, do you love what you do? Because that matters to me. And I guess it's maybe not, it doesn't matter to everyone, but I, I think to have a full rounded life for yourself, but then also in a partnership is to have someone who actually loves their life right. and is not looking for fulfillment in the relationship. Like you need to complete me is like having a complete life yourself. Mm-hmm. Not that again, it's a prerequisite, but that you want that. And so when I heard from Vivienne that she loves her work, it really sparked an interest in me. And that was actually what first drew Vivienne to me. Cause later on, like months later, I was, we were talking about that night and Viv was like, yeah, no one's ever asked me that question before about if I love my work. And that drew me to her and clearly that drew her to me. And so I think just actually having an interest, like a genuine interest, not in the physical attributes, because obviously I'm very attracted to Vivienne and I think that matters in a relationship, but it's it's more the internal of like someone's internal world and what's going on for them. And if you relate with that, because yeah. that that to me, I think is what causes a long lasting love relationship because looks fade naturally. Right. Well, you will grow old together, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How did it go from there? I mean, I saw that, you know, you also like stayed together and then you had, um, you, ha- you bought a home together, right? Yes. Yeah. That's <clears throat> where we're recording this podcast from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to share something about this? How did it all come? Well, I mean, how did it all come? <laughs> I mean, you know what? You know what? I really want to take this up because in India, it's like, um, we have a mixture of sort of, you know, influence of the Western world as well as the Indian way of, you know, going into a marriage. So the couples, they do go into love marriage. They do stay together and then they go for, for a marriage. But then there, there's a large part of population still into um, arranged marriages. So their right. parents come together, they meet twice or thrice, and then they go for the marriage. But mm. I personally do not find it, um, you know, very good. I find love marriage better because I guess that, okay, fine, twice or thrice, it's fine. But there are many um, couples who would just meet once and then they would just get married. And later on, if something goes wrong in between them, then they would be like, this was my kismet. I mean, this is not your kismet, right? You have to Mm -hmm. know each other first. You must spend time with each other and then decide because you need to spend your life with a certain person. So I guess that you guys have spent quite some time together. So uh, what advice would you give to the millennials out there from your Mm -hmm. life? Do you have any tips for them? Yeah, I mean, it goes right along with what the the question you asked before, what you just shared, because I, I think I agree. And I, I have a feeling you would agree too, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like we, we lived together for an entire year, almost a year and a half together before we got married. So there was a lot of time to get to know each other on an even more intimate level because we were dating for three years before we moved in together. We bought this place together and then started living together. But when we started living together, I'll, I'll be honest, I had the most challenge like moving in together because I'd always been uh, living on my own for about four or five years. So moving in to live with someone, it was like a whole different dynamic, whereas you had a different experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had lived with my sister all of college and then grew up with like her kids. So like I, I would always just had a lot of people in my house. So like going from 
living with all those people to living with Kevin, like it wasn't that big of a transition, but for me, it was. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. think it's usually yeah. the other yeah. way around. I know. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so is Kevin a shy type of a person? I mean, see, he seems like. <laughs> I'd say like my, my word for it is more private. And, and that's why, again, like it was a big transition for me because I had lived <laughs> on my own for four or five years, for about four years before Vivian and I moved in together. But big advice I, I would give is to actually have that time, whether you buy a place or even if it's still just renting, but just have an experience with what it's like to live with the person because dating, seeing each other once, twice, maybe three times a week versus living with each other every single day and the dynamics of going to work and like seeing them when they're just relaxing and not like going out for a date, like that is a very different experience than just actually fully living together on everyday basis. Yes, yes. That's very important to prioritize a person whom you really want to spend your time with, right? Because yes. yeah, nowadays I, I do, I was like talking to a friend a while ago and uh, he asked me, you know what, I'm not able to manifest love in my life. Same question. And I was like, okay, what happened? And then he was like, you know, I'm not able to have anybody in my life or something. So I'm like, see, you have to go out first of all, meet a person because you can't be just sitting at home and not prioritizing your love life. And you're just, you know, working all day out when you're not seeing anybody, you're not meeting anyone, not spending time with anyone. So nothing will come around, right? You have to take action. Yeah. You have to take action and you have to move towards a person whom you think you like right now. Maybe afterwards, when you talk to each other, then you will know, but right exactly. now you have to move towards that person, prioritize that person, right? So it's important to um, really prioritize the person that you like. So, so how yeah. did you, so how did you come about, a, you know, being friends and then you proposed her, how did the transition come? Because I usually see that those who are friends, they are either not able to, uh, go into a relationship in the sense that they do have that fear within them. You know, what if she says no? And mm. then after that, the relationship, the friendship is also destroyed somehow. That is also not continued. So did you have any sort of fear in you? Do you have any resistance in you for that? For me, I, I don't <laughs> think I had a fear of like whether she, or not if she would say yes. But I definitely had a fear of like the full on commitment of like a lifetime together with someone like Am I making the right choice? Is the right, is the right person? Like, will I regret this? Like those tiny fears did come up for sure. But I think for, because I proposed to Vivian after three years of being together. So like we had a really solid friendship plus relationship and mm -hmm. lovership, if you will, <laughs> before then, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Did you have any fears? No, definitely not. I mean, I told you that when he proposed, I was not expecting it at all. Despite us having been together three years at that point, like when he proposed, I was shocked. I was like, what? Like what is happening right now? So, so you I think in my head, I was just, all. you were like, no, you did not expect that. Yeah. I mean, I knew like he was going to propose eventually because we had talked about marriage and all that stuff. So like, I knew that was on the horizon, but it wasn't like I had been waiting, like, come on, why hasn't he proposed yet? So, cause I think I was just so like filled with like our friendship and like I was just so happy with where we were at, at that point that I wasn't like looking for more like I was just satisfied with where we were in our relationship that's really interesting yeah. <laughs> you want to add something to that Kevin 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think actually what Viv just said is an important point, and especially to what you were bringing up, is that um, in order to actually go forward in that kind of way is to have certain discussions about it. Like Vivian and I had conversations previously over like the last like previous year, year and a half before I proposed. So after like a year and a half, almost two years that we were dating, we started to discuss it because both Vivian and I didn't want to waste each other's time if we weren't serious about the relationship and where it was going. And I think that's something that sometimes people do have fears of. Like, actually, that probably is where it comes up with what you brought up. Like, well, the fear of like, what if they are not wanting a long-term relationship? Well, that's good to be aware of, at least in some you know time in the relationship, maybe not bringing it up a month in, but still like... To have some conversation if if it is like a longer term relationship and seeing if the other person's on the same page. I think that's really important. And that's why I think I didn't have any fears mm-hmm. about proposing because we already discussed it. We we're on the same page, like we both want kids. We have very similar visions for the future for ourselves. And so it was it was an easy decision for me to propose. I, I was obviously at a different time than Vivienne was going to expect, but <laughs> It was, uh, it was definitely, there was a lot of solidity in my decision on that because we had conversations about it before. Okay. So did your parents know about it when you were dating? Yes. I actually, I, I did a very traditional thing and uh, maybe it's n- not in all around the world, but definitely in America, an older tradition is to have a conversation with the woman's parents before you even propose. Oh, that was like something that I did. I, uh, I texted one of Vivian's sisters and asked, "Hey, like, do you think your parents would be, would be open to me like having a conversation about me marrying, you know, your sister?" Like, so uh, she it's, helped me it, set it's up. It's a like meeting. you are asking in advance, okay? Because you already know she is going to say yes, so you're yes, asking right. in advance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and it, and, it, and the the, the a slight difference I know in the past, like some decades ago, and again, maybe some people still do this, but some people ask, like, would be asking permission from the parents but personally i was asking for their their blessing not permission like i was very clear on the difference in words because the the like tradition tradition is to ask for permission as if like the parents could make the decision for their kids actually um but that still mattered to me of like having them again in on the whole uh event if you will and what was her sister's response Well, her sister was fully happy to ha- have a, like to set up a meeting with uh, their parents so that I could talk with their parents. So she actually helped me like right away. And her her sister, her name is VNA, and she's married already. She has three kids, and her husband, his name is Mac. He did the same thing. He asked like some one of her other sisters. Actually, he asked me. Ask you? Yeah, yeah. He, when so. when yeah, my sister, my brother in law, when he was going to propose to my sister, he asked if I could help set up a meeting between him and my parents so that uh he could ask for you know her hand blessing. in marriage and blessing as well yeah 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 oh. so it's kind of like a full circle moment where like you know he helped me and then i and then my sister helped me <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay do you like when you get you know married in there in us i don't know what all traditions are there so do you like match charts or something or it's just love and that's it I mean, for us, it was just love. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah. you know, it's funny because um, you've mentioned charts made me think of astrology. I just recently had a conversation with someone. I'm not like super, um, I'm not an expert in astrology, but someone who is very versed in that said that Sagittarius, so I'm born in December, mm-hmm. Vivian is born in, in June. 
And apparently Sagittarius and Gemini are, are matches in astrology. So I think it just worked out in the stars basically as well, but we didn't, we didn't plan that or look that up or anything like that. It was just on based on the feeling and based on the love. Mm -hmm. Are you like into astrology? I mean, I, I'm open to it. Like I definitely, yeah. Like read about astrology and stuff and, but I'm not like, I don't know, super well-versed. I'm not very knowledgeable or well-versed in it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in it too. For sure. I definitely believe in it. Yeah. You know, I'll share a very funny incident with you about the same thing. So one of my friends, she uh, was visiting an astrologer who was like claiming, you know, he knows everything in the future and people were going to him a lot. So they sort of tested him. What they did was that (laughs) my friend was married. She had kids. Okay. And she went to him and she said, you know, um, can you please tell me when will I get married? And Mm. uh, can you tell me about how many kids can I have and stuff? So he looked at her charts and all, and he's like, um, oh my God, marriage is not on your cards. Uh, it will take at least three to four years for, you know, everything to come together, your stars to show up for a marriage. And uh, um, he was not sure about the kids. He's like, maybe you won't have kids. And after that, she's like, okay. Then she revealed everything that, you know, I'm married <laughs> and I have kids. And he was dumbfounded he was like oh, no. oh my god right so, i mean there are uh, of course there are genuine astrologers also but um i think that over the years even the studies uh, even the study of astrology you know as it has been passed on from one person to another probably many things have uh, maybe the whole study has not been uh, that, to that exact because astrology is otherwise very scientific and it's very exact, you know, if you really mm-hmm. know it. But yeah. uh, maybe there are fake astrologers who claim to be like, you know, and one should not be, at least in India, people first go to the astrologer and then they're like, would I get married or not? Right. In fact, just, just I guess a week ago, one person was telling me that I went to an astrologer and I asked him about my marriage and he said that, you should get married in this year itself, else you won't get married ever. Oh so my what gosh. He, that, he was like, I anyway don't have any girl around me, so I'll just stop looking for a girl. <laughs> like, okay, you, you got so demotivated about it. But mm. I, I do feel like that somewhere you also sort of switch your own mind by asking somebody else, okay, what's yes. going to happen? And then that somebody tells you, okay, this is what is going to happen. And you sort of, make your mind go in that direction you know yeah you sort of go in that pattern only which you heard yeah i agree i mean you I as a coach would also understand that right 100% it's taking away your own power yes. you know I, I see i see those as tools not as determiners mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't predict destiny because guess what every single moment we can make a different decision on our own despite what the universe, like the stars are doing. It doesn't matter, actually. That's not anything to do with the internal yeah. unless you allow it to be. At least that's my belief. And I think the yeah, end is the same. Yeah. I believe yeah. that it's a choice that we have at every moment and every choice is going to take us to the next step. And if yes. we don't make that choice, we have a different life. For example, when you guys met the first time, okay, and she said uh, to her friend that, no, I'm not interested and stuff. And probably maybe if she made a choice at that time, okay, I won't talk to this guy, then you would have mm-hmm. not been together. But right. really some 
you know, it's our choices. Exactly. Yeah. And what do you think about courage, Kevin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's, there's a that's, a quali- that's a quality. No, that's a quality that is essential, I think, to having, I mean, in this conversation is absolutely in having love in your life and manifesting that. But I think it, it matters to anything in life that you want is having courage because actually creating or bringing in, calling in something that you've never had before will require courage because one of my favorite definitions of courage is that, or at least a descriptor of courage is that courage is not doing something without fear or being fearless. Courage is actually doing something even with the fear. When there is fear present or there's resistance and you taking a step anyway, because on the other side of that fear is what you want. So, I mean, heck, when we first met, there was some fear of actually like, like I'll tell you the other story about like how we had our first date. Um, that night after we went to that second bar or that next bar after the party, I had this inkling. I had wanted to ask Viviana out on a date because we were just, we just met at a party and like, I didn't want this to be something that was just casual because yeah. I was really interested in Viviane. And so I, 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 I don't know, it was like a few hours into us hanging out and like getting to know each other. I felt like this urge to like ask for her number so I can give her a call in the next day or two and actually ask her out on a date outside of that party. So it wasn't under the influence of alcohol or wasn't around other people, like more intimate. And that was actually something that shocked Vivienne because she wasn't expecting that. So like that, that took courage. There was some fear of like, what if she says no? Because I just met this this woman a few hours ago, so she could have easily said no. And I felt like she was kind of out of my league at that time. <laughs> so <laughs> I felt like it was it was a big step and definitely took courage. Uh-huh. And and did you also feel like he he's a bit shy and probably he won't come and ask for your number or something? Um, I think I was just shocked because we had just met. Like that I was like, oh, he's interested in me. Okay. Like it, I definitely wasn't even on my radar at all. Like I was like, oh, we're just having fun and drinking, you know, like, so for him to like show interest, I was like, oh, well, you know, that gave me the courage a little bit to be like, well, I'm interested too. Like, you know, so I had to take that step and give him my phone number. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like from that point on, it was just like very small steps of like showing that courage and being open and vulnerable because like on our first date, you had mentioned like, I mean, later on that, like you had been, we're going to go on a date with someone. And then like, you got stood up. Yep. About a month before I met Vivian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I think you had a little bit of fear, like that. I wasn't going to show up on our date. Yeah, actually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was going to repeat. So like still having the courage to show up, you know, despite, I mean, many people have that fear. Mm-hmm. exactly so like still showing up even though it didn't work out the last time like still just like being open yeah. to what's possible did you have to do affirmations for that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i actually don't remember if there's affirmations but i mean at the very least it was definitely some self-talk that i had to like like build up that courage again to like okay like this this is gonna work it's gonna happen like Especially like, again, when I had that fear of like her even showing up for that first date, I remember it vividly because we went to a sushi restaurant here in Colorado called Blue Sushi. And I was waiting outside of the restaurant and we had a specific time and I'm a very punctual person. So I was there about five or 10 minutes early 
and Vivienne showed up literally just it was like three or four minutes after the agreed upon time. And it was because I think it was like the Uber that you took. Yeah, the like Uber the, I took just took like took with, a while. Tra- with traffic. Yeah. Yeah. And so like she was planning to be there on time, but like as the uh, extra minute, the two minutes, the three minutes went by from that, that agreed upon time, mm. my mind raced to, oh my gosh, am I getting stood up again? But so I had, instead of affirmation, I mean, it could be looked at as affirmation, but I had to like tell myself like, no, it's okay. Like she said, yes. Like she took the phone call. She, you know, set up this date. So, and we had a great time the night before. So, or the the week before. So yeah, I had to re- reinforce that belief. Mm-hmm. Then she showed up. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah, exactly. This is really interesting. I would love if you could share a few more moments, like when you met and, some really beautiful things that you had together. Like I saw one of your posts wherein uh, you visited this, um, some, some park in New York, you visited there with uh, Vivian and your parents. Uh-huh. Central Park? Central Park, was it? I don't know. I mean, because your question is just asking like, any, from other like, any, moments. Or any moment yeah. that yeah. you would like to share, you know, something significant that could come up in your mind. What for you? I mean, that was a significant moment is right, being in you. New York. Yeah. Six months into dating, I went to New York with him to meet his parents. Well, I guess I'd met him the week before your birthday. They came and visited here. But, sure. you know, like in a pretty fresh relationship, you know, went and stayed with his family for like a week. A week. Yeah. And I mean, things were still pretty new between us. And so like. That took courage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be in a different environment. A week. Yeah. Wow. So, so is it like very normal in US? Like, uh, you know, before marriage, can couples come together and like, you know, can they stay with the parents? Because it's not normal here. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's maybe a unique situation for us because my my family, like, uh, their their home, they they have a new home now. But back when Vivienne came to visit for in New York, like they their previous home, they had an extra bedroom, which was my old bedroom when I used to live there. And so instead of like getting at a hotel or staying like somewhere close, like there was the extra room. So might as well just stay there. But um, I guess if, you know, maybe that is also common, but I'm not really sure. I don't really know. But uh, that was, it took courage for sure. Cause I would say Vivienne is more of the shy one, but. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> more, more just quiet, reserved. Quiet. Yeah. So to be in an environment, introvert, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And not shy introvert. Yeah, it's definitely there's a, a difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely for yeah. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have to be. I have to be so extroverted in my work that, like, when I'm home, I'm just quiet and just more introverted. So, well, I guess that's same with Kevin also because he speaks a lot as a host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise, he comes out like a bit shy. I mean, he probably gives that impression. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I could definitely see that. And I've actually never heard, like seen that more clearly. Cause yeah, like you have Vivian as a nurse, like she's always talking to everyone. And then like, just as a, like who you are internally, like mm-hmm. the personalities, like more introvert, like want to stay home and just relax. Whereas I'm always here at home and like talking to people from all around the world and everything from the podcast and my work as a coach. But then, yeah, like when I'm outside of work, I'm like, yeah, like I'm, I'm good. Like I'm just chilling, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stick with my, my close friends and not really like go out too much anymore, but. Yeah. Okay. So tell us, how did you propose her then? 
Mm, that's a good story. So <laughs> we're introverts proposing uh, each other. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, I first uh, like from from our conversations, as I was saying uh, that Viviana and I had conversations about us getting married. Uh, it was like a year to maybe a year and a half to two years before I proposed. Viviane mentioned about a particular diamond that she would want if she would get married and be proposed to. And it's a particular cut of a diamond called emerald cut. It's like a, um, a rectangle cut of a diamond. And so I, I knew I wanted to get that for her, which is a, a unique diamond cut, at least in this present day and age. It was much more popular back in the early 1900s. So I started out as like three, four months before I proposed of actually having a ring custom made for Viviane because wow. I wanted it to be something that was special for her. And so like, I planned this whole thing out in my head that I was going to have this special ring that was uniquely made. But then also I got this unique ring box that when you opened it, it spun the ring. So it was really cool. Wow. And then um, I wanted to propose in the Colorado mountains because Viviane and I loved to snowboard. I got her into snowboarding. I've been snowboarding for 22 years of my life, but Viviane just in the last four years has been snowboarding. But so we love to go to the mountains during the, the winter, but then even in the summer, we love to camp and to go for hikes. So I knew I wanted to propose somewhere in the mountains. So July of 2021, we planned a camping trip and uh, got our tents, uh, you know, stuff to go camping, food and all that. And then planned this trip for a couple of days a weekend. And funny enough, as we go on this trip, like we didn't have any particular place we were going to go hiking because I wanted to propose to her in the mountains while we were hiking. But funny, Viviane actually picked out the trail that we were going to go on. <laughs> and like, so I was like, all right, like we're going on this trail. Like she picked it out. So I'm going to find some place to propose to her. Uh -huh. And the, the lead up to the actual proposal, uh, when we first headed out on the hike, uh, in the first like 10 minutes, we stumbled across this older couple. It looked like in their 60s, 70s, mm -hmm. they were coming back from their hike on the same trail. And we asked Our them future. like, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I had that in my mind. Vivian had no, I had no idea. idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but funny enough, they, they, like, I asked them, it's like, oh, like, do you know, like, which way is the best way to go? And they're like, yeah, like go this way. And there's actually like a really beautiful pass through this little stream that's enclosed by like a bunch of different trees and bushes and stuff. So it's very private. And I was like, oh my God, that's it. Like, that's where I'm going to propose. <laughs> and that's exactly where I did. Like I, and I, I set up um, my camera, like, like just telling Vivian, like, yeah, let's just take a picture here. It looks really nice. And little did she know I hit record on my camera that was set up on the tripod. And I actually got a video of, of the whole proposal of me um, proposing. And like, I read her a poem beforehand that I prepared about like our love together that led into me asking her to be wow. my wife. But did you sense uh, that uh, what he was coming up with, Vivian? No, <laughs> literally no idea. So the things Kevin didn't mention is like, as we were driving into the mountains, it started raining really bad. And July is typically monsoon season in the mountains where it just like rains and rains and rains and like everything floods. So as we were like getting off on the exit to go to the camping site, it just starts raining really hard, like to the point where there's a flash flood. We couldn't get to our campsite. So we ended up having to stay in a hotel the night before. And so I was just so stressed about the trip and like, oh man, we missed a day of camping and like, all right. Like, so then we woke up the next day and I was like, all right, let's go set up our tent and we need to go take, like go on the hike before it starts raining again. And we get like flooded out in the mountains. Like, so I was just so stressed by the whole weekend itself that I literally remember like when we were like by the stream, when he was about to propose, I was just like 
looking around like oh my god like can we go now like I was just so over the day like it was hot it was humid I was just not there's a lot of flies around yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. well and then I had read that like there was a bunch of bears on that trail so I was like oh my god a bear is gonna come out and eat us like we're gonna die like I was just not in a like place to (laughs) to be proposed to but it happens yeah so I I think that's why I couldn't see it coming yeah because I was just so worried about everything around us that yeah didn't even notice what was going on so did you like kneel down and then proposed her in the, yeah. i did yeah. yeah i did the whole thing like after and it's funny vivian saying that she was so distracted like even when i started reading reading the poem to her she had no idea what it was what it was leading up to at all and but like once i obviously like asked the question like at the very end of that poem uh, and got down on one knee. Like she was so shocked that she literally had to ask me three times, "Is this real? Like, are you serious?" Like, <laughs> like, on like, Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I still couldn't yeah. believe it. I was like, "What?" I just kept saying, "What?" <laughs> exactly. I was like, "Yes." Like, so what's your answer? <laughs> yeah, it was Even awesome. Are you, yeah. on, are you on any kind of drugs? Are you sure about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I really appreciate your choices, Kevin, in the sense that you you take care of her choices, you know, you consider what she likes and then you mm-hmm. probably plan everything beforehand. So this is this is pretty rare. Very few guys are like, you know, you know, research everything about a girl and then do things according to her. So you must mm. be in a lot of love with her. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, I think that that brings up a point of like, I, this is more of um, a a macro look at the world, like a bigger picture of of men in the world. I, I think that, especially with what people consider as masculinity, is very misunderstood. And maybe a term that many people are familiar with is the divine masculine. The divine masculine is not uh, just like brute force, like me, like all like focused on me and like I'm I'm making the decisions, doing what like I, you I'm, you do what I tell you. That's very important That's point. More, yeah, that's the most commonly thought, like what masculine is. Yeah. I personally believe divine masculine is very in touch with their emotions mm-hmm. and aware and present because in that presence is exactly what you just said is what I do is being aware of what, where Vivian is at and being aware of what she wants and then seeing if that aligns with what I would love to bring and then bring, seeing that as a match, it just, I don't know, it forms this, this beautiful bond that. I don't think it can even be described with words. So that I think is really essential. It's like the, the I think the foundation of everything that Vivian and I share together. Mm. And I think that when you take care of the choices of another person, you basically, you know, you're taking out time of your life for that person. That action in itself is enough to show the other person how much you care, how much you love, because words really do not mean anything. You know, if a person keeps saying that he loves you or he likes you, but he doesn't show that in his actions, in his expressions, then it doesn't really matter. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. How does it feel to have that? How does it feel to have such a man in your life who loves you so much? (laughs) (laughs) It feels a lot. No, I'm kidding. Um, I think that was one of the things that really drew me to him is because like, I mean, I'm a nurse. I'm a giver. Like, that's just who I am in every aspect of my life. So it was really refreshing to come into a relationship and have someone who's like, how do you feel about this? You know, like to actually just ask me back the same questions that I'm constantly asking other people and to just, 
have that energy matched for once, you know, I think that was a really big part of me falling in love with Kevin is just being like, oh, well, he really actually does care about me. And I think that's, that's essential for a relationship. You can't not have that mutual like love and respect for each other. It's just not going to work. That's nice. So, okay. So from your journey that, you know, the time that you have spent together with each other. So now if you have to summarize and share with our listeners, how would they manifest love in their lives? You know, I mean, everybody meets new people. How can they take a step towards manifesting love? Something that you can come up from your own journey. I think my, the core for me, and this has been, I'm still working on this. I don't think this is a very, is ever an end, but to recognize when my ego is up and to let that go for the sake of the building of the relationship we have together. Excellent. I, and I think that that's been, again, a lifelong journey from any other relationship previous to my now marriage with Vivienne. And like I said, it's a continuous journey. It's not like I've made it just because we're married now, but that because the ego is always present when we're in our individual human experience, but it's that consistently recognizing when it's up and then letting it go, recognizing it's not what is going to build a long lasting relationship because when the ego is present, it's, it's separation. It's like me against you, or we're not one together. Yeah. Whereas especially with marriage, like what it really means is, is the bringing together of two souls to become one and to be as one, the union. And so I, I think if we continually act from our ego, think from our ego, only recognize like our, our own, it goes back to what we were just speaking about before of like hearing the other person, you have to be out of your ego to really be present and to ask or to be interested in the other person right. to hear from them. It's like me to the spirit level rather than like ego versus ego. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest key for me. And that's a constant work. And you, I, I think you just get better and better at it as you keep that as the core focus of just the letting go of that and to really tap into love. Yes, exactly. I think that's an extremely important point because most of the times it happens, you know, that one person is thinking that the other person will call, the other person will make the effort, and that is how the relationship will go. And the same thing the other person is also thinking. And that is how the relationship doesn't work because mm-hmm. each one is expecting more from the other person rather than taking step towards, you know, oneself. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think, uh, Vivian? What would you share with the listeners? Same question. Um, I think the biggest thing for me to manifest our love was just releasing the attachment to like the fairy tale and like the one and like, you know, every person I met was like, are you the one? Are you the one? And I just put so much pressure on the relationship instead of just letting it grow naturally versus trying to force something that might not be happening, you know, or being so blinded by like, oh, they are the one that you don't even realize, you know, like all the things in them that you don't actually want as a partner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so finally, we can uh, we can discuss something about, maybe you can share something about your wedding. Where was the wedding and how did it go about? Beautiful weather, I saw. Yes, <laughs> which that's an interesting part of the story too, but I I'll let it be. Yeah, because uh, she was the one who picked the location. She did a lot of the planning, most of it, and actually. Yeah, I mean, after we got engaged, like we had a discussion about like how long we wanted to wait before actually getting married. And 
I was fine with waiting like two years just because weddings here in uh, the U.S., I would say, are probably like, I mean, it takes a lot of planning, a lot of effort. You know, they don't happen very quickly. Um, but I stumbled upon like a venue on Instagram and I was like, oh, this place looks really nice. And I was like, oh, it's in Colorado. So after that, like things were pretty quick and we had just, we're, we decided like, oh, all right, we went and looked at the venue and we're like, this is it. Like we're going to have the wedding in a year. So then it was like a year of planning and then. Um, we'll describe the location. It's in the mountains. <laughs> <laughs> it's a venue literally on top of a mountain. So the only way up is dirt roads. Um, and they're like pretty steep. You just drive back and forth and then the venue is just right on top. Um, and then the ceremony is a deck that overlooks the mountains. So it's just like mountain views, 360 all around. And I thought it was perfect because, I mean, we love the mountains. We, he, he proposed to me in the mountains. So it was just fitting to, wow. you know, have the wedding in the mountains as well. Beautiful. Your pictures were very Thank beautiful. You. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I also saw that you did not have a cake. No, we didn't. Mm -mm. We had an ice cream truck, which is awesome. <laughs> really innovative, huh? Yeah, that was that was Vivian's idea too. She's pretty creative. Probably yes. used to be a podcast host as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we wanted our wedding to be like a representation of who we are individually and then as a couple. So, I mean, when we were dating, ice cream is one of the things we would go get all the time together. Like that's one of my favorite desserts. So to have an ice cream truck just oh. felt right. Came from there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It yeah. had a story. <laughs> it yes. definitely did. Yeah. Yeah. Not I think another part of that though is that like Vivian and I both agreed that like most times when people have cakes at weddings, like that we'd attended, like half the cake was not done. And so it was kind of like a waste. And so we didn't want to put things to waste. And so ice cream truck made even more sense on top of our story too. So yeah, definitely. That was, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So those are yeah. vegan ice creams? There were some vegan ice creams, uh, some traditional ice creams, uh, but there was a couple of sorbets that were made from uh, non-dairy, which was awesome. They were delicious. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anything else that you want to share with our listeners about your mm -hmm. wedding, about your love journey? Oh, I mentioned like the, the weather was really interesting because you know how you mentioned earlier, um, may I forget if what you, this was recording yet when you mentioned it, but on one of our posts from the engagement, like after we, we got engaged and like we kept going on a hike, we, we stumbled upon and saw in the sky that they're in the clouds. There was literally a smiley face. Oh, it looked like yes. a smiley face. So yeah, <laughs> so that, that, that happened in the engagement, but for when we were getting married at the ceremony, you mentioned beautiful weather. It looks like in the pictures. But that's only because in the pictures we like that we got, our photographer got where when the weather was good. But actually, most of the time it was raining. Mm -hmm. It was dark, cloudy, and like during the ceremony, there was lightning, there was thunder. Like it didn't downpour, but it just started to drizzle toward the end of our ceremony. But it was literally perfect. And right as we were doing our vows, apparently a few of our uh, the people there at the wedding said that there were two birds. I think there were hawks, two, hawks, two yeah. hawks that flew over us as we were doing our vows. So it was wow. incredible. Again, we really feel like God was present with us in that ceremony too. So it was incredible. Yes. The universe was showing you it's, you know, happiness in its own way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and that picture, it was so beautiful, really. It seemed mm. like, you know, I, I did have a thought that maybe it's edited, but it could not be. I mean, it was really beautiful. It was really a smile in the sky. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, no editing on that picture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, 
just for a final words what advice would you give to anybody who wants to go out and manifest love who doesn't have anybody with him right now him or her right now last mm. words ladies first <laughs> thanks oh <laughs> only in the washroom queue kevin <laughs> <laughs> um i think it's important to know what it is that you want in a partner and then also looking at yourself and seeing am i am i showing up this way like am i being this person you know i want a person that does this this and that you know but if you're not that person yourself mm-hmm. then you're never going to find someone who's that true match right. you know just because you need to match their energy as well exactly mm. and for me i would add on that uh you have to be willing to fail like i i've I, both vivian and i had had previous relationships that just didn't work out mm-hmm. and uh, but then to learn from each of those to not yeah. think that like oh it's the other it's always the other person because at some point or at some way you played a role in that not being a good fit so like Vivian said to work on yourself to look at yourself and like changing within because if you don't change then you're just going to keep attracting the same relationships again and again and just different people but to still be willing to fail because i went through like about a dozen relationships before vivian over a decade of my life mm-hmm. from when i first started dating when i was like 15 so i think it's a big part of like being willing to fail as well because you may not meet the one in just you know the first relationship the second relationship the third relationship and that's okay it's not about like getting it right but it's about learning through the process yes because people do get demotivated you know because they did not have good relationships before and now they're expecting like you got stood up before her and then you yeah there was a little bit fear there so exactly. positive self talk as you said kevin it's very important so having maybe doing affirmations and having positive self talk it might help people out there and uh, expecting positive you know not assuming that this will go wrong because it happened wrong before so this will also yep. go wrong so just trying and expecting positive and just taking action like you took action just performing your karma without thinking about the consequences just going ahead because your heart wants to go ahead <laughs> yes yeah thank 100%. you so much thank you so much kevin and vivian thank you so much for your time lovely talking to you thank you everybody for listening see you soon namaste